High above the auction gallery floor on the corner of Kapaus and Walnut in beautiful Scranton, Pennsylvania, we bring you the podcast about antiques, collectibles, estate sales, flea markets, and the ins and outs of the auction business, Tales from the Gavel. With us, I have um, General Manager uh, Isabella. Hello. Auctioneer Apprentice. And to my right, I have uh, Marjorie, my significant other, manager of HR, and all other things that require social interaction. PR isn't anything with an R in it. Yes. And who do we have with us? We have Chris Manzino, one of our new favorite customers. Uh, but he's also a licensed um, funeral director. So if you remember on our very first episode, now that we know what this episode is, our very first episode was the four Ds, which are the Ds that bring people into an auction house, why you might um, need our services. So one of them, aptly enough, with Chris here, is death. 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 So, so death. That's one of the death, four Ds. Yeah, the death. one thing we don't escape life. <laughs> death. Death. Experiencing. Right. Divorce. And downsizing. Yes. Death, divorce, downsizing. Okay. So I'll let you continue. So who's got the first question? How long have you been like collecting items and going to auctions and stuff like that? I want to know a little bit about your history, about why you got into it. Oh boy. Um, Well, I'm going to be 55, so I've been going since I was a little kid because we, my parents um, were separated and then later divorced and uh, so we did a lot of um, uh, Salvation Army shopping and things like that. But I noticed in the process of going to those stores trying to save money that you could find some really cool things. So thrift stores became a kind of a childhood passion of mine. And then it just followed me through life. Um, but then I got into a unique pattern of collecting specific things. And one of them was uh, silk collapsible top hats. Oh, Yes. So uh, from the 1800s, and I have far back as the early 1800s. How many do you have, you think? I have about 90 right now. Yes. Um, And I probably would continue store or continue purchasing them, except for right now, I just don't have anywhere to put them. There's, uh, they store well, obviously, because they collapse. And you store them collapse? I store them collapse. Okay. Um, Yes, I do. And I store them. uh, Many of them I have in their original boxes. Some of them I have in uh, leather ca- leather cases that were used. Oh, in, yeah. In, yes. Very difficult to find now. Right. So they're kind of like uh, these. Uh, so are they beaver skin? Are they beaver skin? The, the hats? The, the hats? No, the hats are silk. Silk. With the metal collapsible mechanism inside of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, we've had them before and they've sold for good money. People yeah. People like them. Yeah. They're so, good. yeah, they, they're nice. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have an interesting pack, background. Um, in my personal background. I don't know if you're interested in knowing how I got it. Yes, no, we go are. On Absolutely. That. Okay, well, it's when I was a little boy, we lived over in Dunmore. Okay. Uh, and there were neighbors of mine who at the time were not as wealthy and, and prestigious as they are now, but they were in the business of business uh, demolition of buildings. Okay. So I was five years old, I believe, four to five years old. And our back, our neighbor came home one day with a collapsible top hat that they had found in a building that they demolished. And I cried, I cried, I wanted it so bad. <laughs> and 
you know, when you're a little kid, nobody says you can't have that or whatever. And I remember that and it just stuck with me all my life. And then when I went away to college, uh, not for mortuary school, but when I went away to school for teaching, actually, um, my roommate in college, uh, I had told him the story and I guess it stuck with him because fast forward to my first teaching job and I came home from school the one day and there on my front porch was a package, one of those, uh, from the regular mail postal package. And I opened it up and there was a note inside there and it said, remembered your story about your desire for a top hat. I didn't have any at that point. Uh, cleaning out my uncle's house in Boston, found his hat, cape and cane, kept the cane and the cape, here's the hat. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Such yeah. a lovely story. <laughs> and I cried, I cried like a little baby. I was probably 25, 27 years old at the time. And that started my, aggressive passion and it was right around the time of ebay so it made things really accessible without having to go anywhere so um okay so since you know about hats um what do you look for like when when you're looking for a top uh, a top hat like what's kind of like do you, do you have a brand that you specifically like or yeah the ones like that? that are the so the german ones are probably the best okay the most the sturdiest and usually um the kind that you could hit and they pop open really fast they have the strongest mechanism in them um I look for the quality of the silk because as you open and close, open and close, open and close, that begins to wear down because it's all metal inside. And also because a lot of them had become, become subject to moths or they were stored in attics and they got rained on or whatever. Um, and if the box comes with it, and the box is usually a collapse box, not a typical okay. hat Oh, box. I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and I've gotten from all over the country and all over the world. I, I have them from people in Germany um, where the print inside of them is like brand new and they're from the uh, mid 1800s. And you That's bought these all on eBay? I bought many of them on eBay, okay. but then I connected with people yeah. and then started buying them from different places, different people and so forth. So, uh, so I look for the quality of the silk. And then if there's a history, if I can get any kind of a history with it. And I bought one the one time in Louisiana uh, from an elderly woman who sent to me after the purchase two tin pictures oh. of her great grandfather mm -hmm. who was wearing the hat. Wow. You have the pictures with I the hat? I have the pictures yeah. with the hat. Yeah. That's yeah. So cool. That doubled the price of the hat. It is. Yeah. And, and she said, she emailed them, she sent them to me later saying, um, now that you have the hat, I thought you might need this or you Aww. might want this to authenticate its existence or something. Yeah. It was really, really cool that she did that. So. Well, here it seems you like vases. I don't know. I, I see you I buying a lot of vases at our auction. I put them in my funeral home. Um, not for cremains. <laughs> but flowers, I put, right? For flowers, I do some arrangements sometimes. I put them all over. We have a mantle, a fireplace. And when you come into the entrance of it, I put them there. And I like to change things around a lot. You showed me pictures. Yeah, you do, they, they, you do good with them. They yeah. They're nice there. It's... It's nice to see them go to an end user sometimes because most of the time we sell to a you know somebody who's going to resell them and you know like but I, I yeah you said I that like to me. selling them I like you know, hey I like selling anything to anybody don't right. get me wrong but um I like when it goes to an end user it's it's excitement when the when a, a whole when I wholesale it to another vendor there's no excitement there they just hope they paid as little as possible yeah which you, I'm happy to do that too 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think that everybody has a different thing. I've always gone into uh, a purchase with the understanding that if I can't use it, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. And you said to me just recently, I think, at one of the auctions where you're like, you got to sell this stuff too. You know, mm -hmm. you were saying, as I said, I got to stop because it's getting. No, but you never have to stop. I don't have me, to, and I you don't. bring the stuff here, I will resell it, give you more starting capital. Yeah. And we could, it'll just be, you know. So I typically don't sell anything that I buy right now i have never sold a single thing that i bought i've traded i traded a knights of columbus uh sword from probably the early 1900s uh for a pair of binoculars i don't know I why but i had no purpose for the sword and, and i think you got a better deal those things are the, unless yeah. they're really special they're not yeah, worth that much it was kind of yeah so but i like to um anything i buy i like to use so i put anything i can in the funeral home as decor yeah and and every home seems to have lots of vases lots of vases yeah there's there's places for them all over you know and then the nice thing about it is if you pick up something that's that's really nice mm -hmm. that isn't uh you know didn't cost you you know your second or third generation of family it's nice that if somebody knocks it over and it breaks yeah you don't have to walk home saying oh my god i can't believe i put that in the funeral because there are things that you can't put in the funeral home because people like especially nice chairs furniture because people are using it you know we don't it, they're those are decorative and if somebody sits down on one of those chairs and breaks it well then yeah well they do though don't they sit down if it's a chair i imagine they sit on it you oh know, they do rope across it no like we do here don't <laughs> sit on that chair no no only because <laughs> i'm saying like if, if it's very we have two civil war uh, oh like yeah. chairs mm. and the problem with those if somebody sits on it and you know, stout, stout, uh, healthy, yeah. shall we say, um, and they break, we could be opening ourselves up to some kind of liability. So we have those like in an off room where people don't sit on them. So how long have you been going to auctions just in general? Or are we your first auction? You are auction? actually my first. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You are my first auction. Because you're out there like a pro. I see you bidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I learned a lot here, actually. I learned a lot about auctions and how uh, to set limits in yourself. Oh, yeah. That's no, very important. No, I came in with, yeah, no, so, yeah. I have a credit yeah. card. I have no limit. Uh, just leave. <laughs> Leave Sean the credit card. We'll take care of everything. You just hold your I hand do. up. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when to put it down. Yeah. You hold your hand up when you want. But I'll be honest with you because I have had been fortunate in my lifetime to have two really good careers, uh, both in education and in funeral service. That I, if I want something, you know, like yeah. I, I said to you the other day that I wanted something, and you yes, just yesterday, and then you looked at me when it sold, and it was like, well, I didn't want it that bad. What did, you, what did you not was, buy, you cheapskate? I did buy those albums. Oh, oh, well, no, because, no, he, you wouldn't have got those albums for. Yeah. Like, no, he was. Yeah, I know, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's why I stopped. That's, I didn't even stop. And, and I, always I, always the the help. I always appreciate the help. You don't always. Have it doesn't always work out. No. <laughs> and, and then you have a nice piece of merchandise. Yeah, you do. You do. Okay, so it always works out. It does. It does. You know, I I wasn't willing to. Um, I didn't want them that bad. And I always appreciate the help on the uh, on the way up. <laughs> no, people don't have to know have their limits. No, I I, I just in, don't. I just hope it's never too. Fit. As soon as I saw who it was, yeah, yeah, I was going to be bidding against. I decided to not even start because mm. I knew it was just going to be a match back and forth between. No, he 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 wanted he was in here on Tuesday and he wanted them bad. Yeah, and yeah. they and I know why he wanted them there actually. Yeah. and he wanted yeah. We got to keep that. It's confidential. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> 
No, I mean, yeah. I mean, but I, I know, and yeah. I was just like, I'm not going to battle no. those. Do you have any other auction strategies, like, besides, you know, limiting yourself and having a price set point? Because I think that is very important when you go out and buy items. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I was at an auction here a couple of weeks ago, and I listened to this uh, uh, person take stuff out. And as he was putting it, he goes, well, this is going to go in the garbage, or this I'm never going to sell. And I kind of thought to myself, like, why would you do that? Why would you buy something that you know you can't possibly resell or use? It's a show. I agree. Okay, it's I a agree. show. It's a, he, he's going to sell everything. I, I just you probably know who I'm talking about. I don't know who, I, mean, I don't know anything about, I know nothing about nothing. And what yeah. I know, I forgot yeah. because I have to be impartial. But it's, I, I've been in this business, not the auction business so much, but in the flea market business yeah. and all that. I've been in this business. I know that the ones who whine the most sell everything. Yeah. Well, it, and they want you to feel sorry for them. Yeah. My, 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 my only advice to people is that um, if you see it and you really like it, you need to buy it. It's kind of like, um, Big lots <laughs> or, yeah. or Ollie's rather get what, it before what it's gone. Did you, do you, I know I, I, everybody, you don't, you don't remember what you buy so much. You remember what you didn't get. What's the most, what's the, what do you remember not getting that you wish you just bid some more on? Uh, there were some watches yeah, and some pens that I wished I would have gotten, but I was, you know, sort of in a fledgling state. Mm -hmm. So I was kind yeah, of no, those, nervous those, 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 Sure. Like, oh, and I do recall this was my first time here yeah. actually. And you had the box lots out in the front and oh, I, yeah. it was my first time here. And I saw two beautiful vases that were so perfect. They would have fit perfectly in my funeral. And I didn't know how this worked. Yeah. And I, the lady comes every week. I see her every week and she yeah. got them. And sometimes I want to say to her, what do you do with those vases? Because I'm sure they're probably just sitting somewhere. I'll yeah. buy them from you. They're, but that was something. Go up to the island. Yeah, I, <laughs> they're probably they're sitting probably up, sitting up yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, or not? They're, That's they're nice vases. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't really. Remember. If I get hot on something, I, I, I'll, I'll bid. If I just don't. if you're a new attendee to the auction, let us know. We're not. You, you, we will help you. We'll yeah. help you. I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to be mean to you at least for a day or two. Yes, and, it definitely um, will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I have to say, I do concur with your you're saying and not just because i'm here uh, <laughs> but i do concur that everybody has been super friendly here everybody like i come sometimes here more sometimes not, just for the company yeah because i have nothing that's what to we do. like and i when we like used to have popcorn and stuff you know we used to have popcorn and free soda yeah, and free Rona. coffee and if i got a bottle of whiskey it was out there but that wow. people were drinking that we had one guy who'd show up at three o'clock like the and load up. Then load up and then <laughs> then when the auction started you'd go over to the normandy uh, <laughs> but you know yeah, I mean, I just think, no, I mean, I look forward to coming every mm -hmm. Wednesday. And in fact, my uh, students I tutor mm -hmm. uh, will sometimes say to me, um, well, Wednesday's out, right? And I'll say, why? We, we can, no, don't you go to that auction? Like, Wednesday's oh, auction day. Yeah, yeah, yeah they know, they know. Bring them along. Yeah, I did. I brought some people and- um, Your sister was here. My sister was here. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've actually had some former students and their parents come here. Yeah. And there was something recently that, um, oh, I've connected people here too recently, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the woman who comes here frequently, she's from Poland. Oh yeah. And she doesn't speak much because no, she's afraid no, they, of her they, accent. Yeah. And uh, just by chance the one day I just started talking to her and it turns out she tells me she's from Poland mm -hmm. and Krakow, which I've been to several times. Yeah. Like, 
absolutely love the country. And I said, of all of my visits overseas in Eastern Europe, I absolutely love Poland. Like they just are so friendly to people. Well, she connected. She said she has nobody to talk to here. Not, not all of us. Well, no. yeah. Okay. Isabel is an immigrant. Yeah. All right, from where? Poland. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Or in Krakow. She had like an, a, yep. a, an accent like Natasha. So I taught a young girl at uh, West Branton High School when I was a teacher at West Branton High School who came from Poland in third grade with her mom and her brother. Mm -hmm. And she graduated with honors from NYU oh. and has a tremendous job living in New York City. So this the other two weeks ago when I met this woman, mm -hmm. when I figured out she told me she was from Poland, I told her about this former student of mine who's now 30. And I said, you know what? Her mom has done uh, helped me with some funerals when I've had the caretaker of the deceased who was Polish and didn't speak any English. And she's translated for me. And she does it gratis and just to make another friend. They connected, and I got a message from my friend in New York, my student in New York, who said my mom spoke to so and so, and they hit it off, and they're going to meet for coffee. Oh, that's nice. I think it's great because I've lived overseas and not spoke a lick of Italian when I got there, and it's lonely. And if you don't know anybody, and I did have friends, but they were far from where I was living, so. It, it, it can be very lonely and then you get you get a an anxiety about not being around your language yeah be nice to your local immigrants people oh, yeah, we love oh absolutely <laughs> I, listen i honestly believe Wait, living, is that the right word we, i don't know i don't know just multicultural individuals people, new arrivals to the great shores of the united states of america <laughs> we love you all yes. come in here come, come yes. in here do you want cheap stuff <laughs> well, she actually buys quite a bit. Oh no, she. I know. Yes, she's and the most smartly dressed. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, I knew right away she was not yes. from America. I don't know how you I, find all that much stuff to match. She but has outfits that are classic. I European bet you she outfits. finds them at the uh, at auction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's classic European. Like you could tell from some of the outfits. She had on a yellow outfit the other day and from head to toe. And everything that? Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and even their little ideas. granddaughter, I think, oh my yeah, 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 yeah. is dressed smartly yeah. too. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's too much. It's, it's so great. I have another question about your, you have like a collection, right? Other than these hats, what do you got in there? I want to know what's your favorite other than the hats and what's the strangest? Give me your favorite and strangest. Well, I have lots of uh, funeral, uh, antique funeral equipment. Lots. You want to sell that? That's going for good money. <laughs> yes, I, no. I I understand that people want their hands on it. Yes, they do. I have um, Robert, embalming bottles from the turn of the century when they used to do embalmings in the house. So when they used to do embalmings in the house, they would take uh, they would have their own embalming fluid, and they would have jars because they used a gravity method. They would use her bulb syringe where they would have to simulate the pulsation of the heart with the hand pumping a bulb syringe uh, or a bulb, I guess a bulb syringe yeah. is what they call it. And they would have these bifurcating uh, tubes that go, one goes into one jar. So that's the blood that they used to take to the outhouse and put in the yeah. outhouse. And the other jar had embalming fluid in it, which was pure formaldehyde almost. Right now we don't uh, manufacture embalming fluid anymore with formaldehyde because it's the carcinogen. So we use uh, uh, glutaraldehyde, which is a man-made substance for formaldehyde. It has the same effect, but not carcinogenic. Uh, 
So the gravity method, would he hang them by their heels? No, no, no. It's it's oh. it's 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 a the the higher you lift this. Uh, oh, I got it. Yeah, it pushes. Yeah, it pushes okay. the fluid into yeah. the body. That's most of the cadaver. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. We don't hang anybody by their heels or anything <laughs> like that. No. But I have in my kit, in one of my kits, because remember, everything went out to the house. So in the kit, it's a big black kit with the handle on it. Classic. We have made. one of them. Yeah. It, the, the rubber Empty. sheet. The rubber sheet is in it from when they used to put it underneath the people because they would have bombed them right in their beds. Oh, okay. And the um, bob, the jars with the uh, cannulas or the the different um, uh, whatever they. I guess it's a cannula of some mm -hmm. sort that would go into the jar that would hook to the hose that would go into the cannula that was inserted in the jugular so you got one of them? or the carotid. I have, a, yes, I have people lots of jars. Pay, people pay good money for that. I also have, um, when they used to ship uh, embalming fluid in cases. Oh, those are, yeah. Via the trains. Okay. So I have a couple of those from like 1935. Wooden? Wooden cases, yeah. yes. Um, with the original shipping label yeah, on it. People and love that. I, I, yeah. They, yeah, and it yeah, says embalming so. fluid yes. on the side. Something like a and bar the company. Out of that. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I have uh, all old instruments and things like that. So those are some odd things that I have um, that I probably, you know, then all kinds of funeral What would you stuff. never sell? Uh, no, I would sell anything. No, it, really, you've got to have something about uh, that you never the sell. The magazines. I, I have. Uh, American Funeral Director not, not even so much funeral stuff. Like I know you. I have some pocket watches that, yeah, that I've collected, yeah. but I wouldn't sell because I collected those over time. One was given to me actually by um, an elderly gentleman who was dying, mm. and he had nobody. And of course, you know, there's this conflict of interest kind of thing. Yes. And I said, absolutely not. I cannot take this. And he threatened to leave. And not, he said, then you will, then you don't have a And funeral. you don't get my corpse. Yes. And I said, well, I, this is not, it's, it's unethical. And he said, no, it's, it's since when? And I, I said, well, it's unethical. How do I, you know, I said, I almost feel like I need to ask you to put that in writing that you gave it to. He had absolutely nobody, but it's a beautiful little pocket watch. Mm. Um, and it had the original face on it, the original plastic face on it, but it wasn't glass, it was plastic. And I asked him because it had yellowed. And he said, "No, it's 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 an Illinois bun special, and it's a 20... 23 jewel. No, it's above twenty three because it's twenty seven. Twenty seven, I think it is. Yeah. Twenty seven. For and, some reason, they're always odd. No, they're not. Well, it had a, it had a plastic, and he told me that the plastic cover of the face, the face is is um, porcelain, mm -hmm. but the the cover was plastic because uh, the engineers used to crack the glass all the time, sure. so they used plastic." Yeah. And I, cause I said, oh, this can't be worth anything. It only has a plastic yellowed face on it. Now I did have it replaced. Yeah. That, that's pocket you, watches. Unfortunately, they're, they're no, nobody wants. But them. what I do have that I know people would like is I've gone to house sales. I lived in York County for a while, worked as a funeral director right out of mortuary school. And I do have uh, Gruen Curvex watches Oh yeah. that are all functioning, all of them. And some of them even have the original boxes and about four of them I have came in a Brillo, uh, old Brillo canister or mm -hmm. something okay. that when I went to the house, it said on their uh, watches, $5. Oh, so wow. when I bought it, and yeah. then of course, when I got home, I was like, oh my God, these watches are it all ruined curvexes. Yeah. And they were with the, the specially designed uh, glass tops on them that 
come up to like a point. From oh all yeah. The, um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I know what you had. Yep. And those I probably would not part with yeah. because I had a, a, a high school friend of mine that went to school to be a jeweler, and he owns a jewelry store in Delaware, in Lewis, Delaware, or Wyoming, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, rather. And he restored all of those. He got them cleaned and running for me and stuff. So again, it goes back to my philosophy of being able to use what you buy. Yeah. So I do, and I've taken my pocket watch to work many times. Some of my pocket watches. I have the old nickel ones that you have to open up the back and crank yeah. with the key. I have the keys for those. Mm -hmm. A couple of those. Those are old. Like those, those are very yeah, old. Yeah, those are old. Key wine pocket watches. Pretty yeah. cool. We've had them. They, they, but People don't want them. Nobody wants but I used to watch. buy the glass um, display cases. Uh -huh. And when I lived in Glenmar, I used to have them around my house. Yeah. In a, in a, in a display case. What did they call those? Uh, capsule. Yeah. You have a big one down there that I yeah, asked capsule. about. It was one yeah. of the first things I asked. I'm going to put a Jacob's Ladder in there <laughs> for Halloween and sell it. It's a beautiful. Yeah. That one is huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put you know those those Frankenstein things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna yeah. put one of them in there and see if anybody wants to buy it. Oh, you'll sell it. Yeah, you'll sell it fast. Maybe I'll buy it just for that. So, can you talk about uh, maybe like the strange funeral request you got? Did you ever have to buy like a kiss coffin and bury somebody, or bury somebody oh, in a Chevy strange, or anything? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> not so much strange uh, caskets as much as you've had. I've had strange requests to put things in caskets. Okay. For people. Um, you know, like what, their pet cat? Uh, it's, one was a bag, and I'm not quite sure what was in it. Okay. I respected the privacy of the That's family tight. not to open it. But oh, you I, opened it. No, you I didn't. It. I did. Okay, I did. Don't open that <laughs> I box. Did. What was it? I did. No, I did. Um, <laughs> don't um, open this bag. It was it was just a bag, and it, when I shook it, it had liquid in it. I thought it was an alcohol of some sort, but it, it wasn't. They, they, said it, they said that right out. It wasn't yeah. alcohol. And I told them, I said, it's between the two of us. I would never... Um, I've had uh, golf balls, yeah. golf clubs. I've had tons of alcohol, scotch, <laughs> everything. I've had the ashes of uh, spouses mm -hmm. and pets. And, um, you know, sometimes I've had funerals before. And it's unfortunate because when people are young, uh, people want to put things in the casket, you know. So I've had so many things that there was literally you could not hardly see the deceased. Um, because it was like, well, there's a lot of stuff in here, stuffed animals and flowers and stuff. But, uh, you charge extra for that? No, no, <laughs> but I will clubs? tell you no. the, the golf balls were interesting because on our way to the grave site from the, the hearse, when the pallbearers were carrying the casket, the balls fell off of the bedding. So there's a mattress inside the casket. Mm -hmm. And underneath the mattress is just the metal bottom part of the casket. And when they dropped, you could hear them drop and they started to roll. And the people carrying the casket got very disturbed by it. Yeah. And I sort of laughed and I had, it was a nervous laugh because I was a young funeral director and that was like, oh boy, if my boss hears about this. Um, but the family laughed and they said, this is just his way to let us know that he's here. And I said, okay, whatever you did want. They ever, did you ever have somebody drop a, you know, the pallbearers drop it? Uh, <laughs> not drop it. But um, when you're taking it out of the hearse and you're telling them to take hold of the handles yeah, firmly, and then they realize that a bronze casket <laughs> with a 350-pound man right. in it mm -hmm. is about a 800 to 900 pounds. Yeah. And when that last end of the casket comes off the rollers yeah. in the hearse, and you feel it go down. And when I was younger, I wouldn't say I lifted myself, but I could do my share. Right. But now I absolutely positively yeah. cannot do that. No, I, I, I've, I've been a 
Paul Bearer a few times in the first half. Deceivingly yeah, happy. Yes, yeah. Well, <laughs> after you think, when you put it yeah. that way, you know, you know. Deceivingly happy. I'm and Grandma was light. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But if she's in a solid bronze casket, yeah. it's deceivingly heavy. I've had people say, like, oh, my God, this is heavy. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine okay? a, uh, yeah. a, a, um, a larger person. Yes. Uh, and I guess one of the worst things I've ever had happen was the brand new hearse, brand new hearse. This was, I was a brand new funeral director, brand new hearse, just got it. It was its first funeral. Couldn't get the door shut. Couldn't get the hearse door shut. Oh boy. The locks, it was a Cadillac, yeah. you know, like when you play with the locks, mm -hmm. but that operates on a separate lock that we did not know about at the time. And when you went to close the back door, all we heard it do was hit that pin, yeah, the strike pin that would lock it and it wouldn't shut. So we're playing with it. Now the family's nervous. They're sitting yeah. there. In the Should limousine. No, <laughs> the funeral director I was working for, his father was there and he was an older guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with age comes wisdom yeah. and a lot more experience. And he said, that door is heavy. It ain't gonna open. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. And we did, we drove all the way to the cemetery, the door never opened. Mm. And it was when we took the car back to the dealership where we bought it from, he just said, he goes, it's this button right here. You just didn't click it. And I was yeah. like, so is there like a special dealership for her? Yes. Oh, yes. And, and sadly they are the strangest vehicles because they, they sell brand new. You could a hundred grand. You could pay for one. However, they, when you go to sell them again, they have the least amount of miles on them, usually 15, 20,000 mm -hmm. miles because who takes their hearse anywhere and even back in the day you used to take a hearse to a house no company road trips no well you would do some not road trips no it only seats two <laughs> so but no um a big cooler back there we yeah we used to turn ours in like every year or two we like flip it over and try to get it you know so you always had a payment but it was capital yeah that you were just using from the funeral home to you know reinvest. so those funeral um, companies don't buy used hearses? No, the they, do. They, they do. do yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, and most funeral homes don't own their own hearse mm. unless they're big. big. We don't own our own hearse because it Why doesn't take. No. Yeah. Because you've got, not only do you have the upkeep and the purchase of it and all that, but you also have to have a driver that day of the funeral. Like, so we have a limited staff. Yeah. So when you use somebody else's hearse, it comes with the driver, you know, because they drove it over from the funeral mm -hmm. home. You don't go pick it up. So um, it usually comes with a driver and so forth. So it works out well. Then there are Cadillacs? Um, well, there are other ones, Lincolns. Yeah. Uh, but no Cadillac cars. is the biggest yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, Cadillac is the biggest one. And it is a Cadillac body, just a, a, an extended chassis. Yeah. Uh, and the earlier ones, like the old ones, when I say old ones, I don't mean like from the 50s or the 60s, but there were conversions in the 70s mm -hmm. and the 80s. They took station wagons and kind of converted them into yeah. verses. They were kind of cheesy crappy. what else what do they call flower them? cars the flower uh, but yeah but they're, they were they're, el caminos yeah 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 and there are some funeral homes around here that still have the el camino yeah. in the garage black which was the flower car yeah and every so often if you watch a hollywood funeral you'll see they'll still use I, an el I, camino for a flower car an el camino would be a perfect pickup truck for the auction house but they're expensive yeah there was a funeral home in dixon city when the husband died we have a weird law in funeral service um the wife can inherit the business the no 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 well she has to be dead <laughs> okay. but uh no the wife gets what's called a widow's license okay. 
So a widow's license is, yeah, is a specially written law only in funeral service. Because when you go to your dentist, if he dies, his wife isn't there doing the tea. Really? Sometimes. But yeah. (laughs) But in funeral service, we have what's called a widow's license. And uh, basically what it says is you have to hire a licensed funeral director to be your supervisor because you're not licensed to embalm. You're not even licensed to sell merchandise or to arrange funerals or anything like that. Um, although in funeral service now you can anybody can sell merchandise. It's the service that is restricted to the funeral director. And what they do is they hire a license. So you'll see sometimes underneath the name of a funeral home supervisor, so and so. And that could be that they've hired because we can only hang our license in one funeral home in Pennsylvania. We can own several, but we can only hang it in one. So we have to hire supervisors for each funeral home. Yeah. And each funeral home has to have a more. So even if you drive past this rattiest looking place and you say, there is no way, there is, it might not be the best, but it's there's the a morgue, has to be, the they have to have a morgue, there has to have, you know, the sign has to be there, all the, the everything. So, yeah, it's interesting. It is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a business that never goes away. No, and, but unfortunately yeah. COVID has uh, really brought it to the height of attention for a lot of people. Yeah. It took away the grieving piece that we associate with funerals where people can go in and see the deceased. They can have a service where they receive friends who pay homage to the deceased. That took that part got taken away because most of them were cremation and they, or burial without any viewings or any kind of funeral services. Um, I think what it did was it put, um, uh, it spun a new, uh, it, it gave integrity back to the profession that may have started to go away a little bit because they say, well, this younger generation doesn't want that. They don't want it until they want it. Yeah. Um, you know, like we don't want we to a mom until we need to see her. Yeah. You know, and then that's what, because not everybody lives in the town they were born. in. So if you're in, living in California and mom just died, you want to see her. Well, she, you, they're not going to hold her in the hospital. No. So we got to do something, you know, um, so, yeah, and I think that people are ill-prepared for the inevitable, unfortunately, so often. Uh, because, you know, uh, tomorrow is clearly not a guarantee for anybody. So here is where um, we kind of like crisscross because like what, of course, we offer surface services when somebody dies to help and come clean out uh, their home and take care of um, all their worldly belongings, whatever the family doesn't want. Um, so what is your kind of recommendation for estate planning and all that? Well, I, you know, it's interesting because I think that um, people think that when mom dies, they're going to go in and they're going to start just cleaning out the house. And they find out that it turns into a laborious task. Oh, yes. With each card that they open, that they found in a drawer, they have to read, oh, my God, this is from Uncle Charlie or necklace or lamb or something. And then all of a sudden you have what you could do in a matter of a day turns into months. Oh yeah, I, I answer phone calls where people call me and they go, my parent passed away a year and a half ago. I thought I could do it by myself. I got a lot of this cleared out, but I got, I needed gone. I've sold the house, I needed gone. Can you, what what guy, um, what can you do for me? One of the problems is that they've thrown most of this, they've thrown a lot of stuff away that was good. Yeah. They don't know what they have. They don't know what they have. So I often think that people should think about it prior to death. 
Like, right. let's face it. There are people. If you're 92 yeah. and you have your wits about yourself, there's got to be a part of you every day that when you go to bed, you wonder, is 93? Absolutely. Is it going to happen? Yeah. And, you know, some people say, who wants to live to be 93? Well, somebody who's 92. Right. <laughs> Especially if you're in good health. Yeah. So I think that when I think of that process of estate planning, I think of Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, where you have anger, uh, denial, denial, anger, okay. bargaining, okay. acceptance, okay. or I'm sorry, uh, depression, okay. acceptance, the five stages of grief. If you start the process of planning to get on, to liquidate yourself, your mm -hmm. properties, that's part of the process for yourself. You are becoming, you're embracing your mortality, I think. And that's important. It's hard. You don't have to give everything away. But now you could start minimalizing. Like I'm, I should eat my own words because my sister would argue that I'm moving and in the you, opposite direction. You're doing point. your relatives a favor. You too, are. You because are. They, it, it, it's, it's impossible for some people to go back into that house, especially yeah. if the death was tragic. If it was um, a murder, if it was suicidal, a suicide rather, or if it was some kind of horrific death where, like, let's say the person died and wasn't discovered for for uh, weeks. Now you have to bring in a hazmat crew to clean the house, to get rid of that odor, to, because at one time we used to do a lot of that stuff for families. We used to take, you know, the bloody materials that if the person, we can't do that anymore because it is now considered biohazard. Biohazardous. Yeah. yeah. So you, and we tell families and I hate to do that to them, but I said, I can't touch any of this mm. stuff. Like, there's nothing I can do with it because I can't put it in my garbage. It, it, it's not this cannot go into the regular street garbage. So you need to call somebody. So by getting somebody to come in and do a lot of the stuff, you, you probably have been into some houses, all of you, yeah. where you say to yourself on second entrance, what were you thinking? First entrance, like, why am I back? Like, oh my gosh. But, you know, it's a fact of life. And then of course, the other part that comes with it is, you know, not that we care, I guess, because we're, we're dead and people say, you know, well, it doesn't matter, but, you know, I don't want to say people will judge you by what you leave behind, but certainly they're going to raise some questions like, what right. do they want that for? Or what did they do with this? Or we don't ask any questions. No, I know you don't. No, no we put it in, no. you know, no, yeah. you take it. But I know sometimes when I go into a house and I'll look around and I'll think to myself, wow, there's a lot going on in here, especially with a hoarder. Oh, I've yeah. been into yeah. houses where there've been hoarders and it's, it's, it's actually sad to see the yeah. things that they have no value that they collected because of some emotional damage that was occurred years ago in their life, you know, where there was this anxiety that surrounds separation. And now the house is full of newspapers and, and, and takeout containers. I don't understand the takeout containers. I don't know, but, yeah. but that could be some of it from, but when you start peeling it back, we do this all the time. Oh, but yeah. When you start peeling it back, you see where the, insanity start started because they start saving one thing then it just like then it just layer after layer like we'll remove three dumpsters till we get to normality and they still ordered they just hoarded better stuff than takeout containers and, and newspapers well when my grandmother died i remember cleaning her house out and she was a big fan of crawley sour cream that came in a jar at one mm -hmm. time with big flower painted on it those are worth money yeah well guess what i did with them you threw them out i did and she also bought tons of Chip beef because she used to make shit chip, on a shingle. Yeah, chicken chip beef. Hey, that is highly <laughs> and, underrated. Nice and piece of toast. Yep. They came in jars mm -hmm. with metal lids on them. And she had tons of them and they were our drinking glasses. Mm -hmm. 
and I threw all them out. But that whole mentality of this reusable concept, you know, they were, they were recyclers long before us, you know, not everybody was intending to destroy the planet. No, people were saving stuff. Well, I don't really it. think they were saving it to save the planet. They no, they, them, they, they, didn't, just, they used them because they didn't have any drinking glasses. <laughs> yeah, nothing matched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but remember Burger King? I have yeah. all of the I have all of the tab glasses. Mm -hmm. I have all of the Seven Up that odd shaped Seven yeah. Up glass. Yeah. I have all of the the the, Bur the McDonald ones that they gave away yeah. back in the seventies. I have all those. Yeah. Um, I kept those. Yeah, <laughs> and all of the like Mr. Doolittle. Uh, but those sour cream glasses, they're to make uh, nobody kept them. That's why they're worth. Have so you much. ever seen any of them? The yeah, we cream. sold them before. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're we nice get the money glasses. for them. Yeah, yeah. Them. I had like tons 10 bucks of them. A piece. I had tons. Ten dollars a piece because it was it was I believe it was Crawley's sour. It cream. was. You're 100 right. With a white plastic lid, mm -hmm. she had closets full. Yeah, because you can't throw them away. They're glass. What if you break one? No. Oh, one. Yeah. Back up in the closet. <laughs> I got it. But now it's so funny how when you go and you get sour cream, it's now it's in a squeezable thing. I, I, I still like it in the tub there, but I don't anything squeezable. It's toothpaste. Yeah, I like squeezy stuff. Peanut butter squeezable too. Yeah. yeah, like an astronaut. But I'm very fortunate that I grew up in a period of time where um, we had very little, so we learned how to conserve. And I had really conservative grandparents who and parents who kept us in check. Mm -hmm. And I I saw a lot of stuff. I have uh, the war ration. Tickets. Yeah, they're uh, full books are worth a lot. Full books. I have yeah. full books because they never use them because they were afraid that they might not have them. They might, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. they would save them. Right. As though this was never gonna end. And you were gonna have to use these forever. And wound up with full rations yeah. I have for lard, butter. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget I have gas them. gas ones are worth yeah. money. They, they, um, those ones we didn't because they didn't yeah. have cars. They were yeah. they didn't but I have it for butter. You never have enough lard. You never have enough lard. That wasn't even Crisco, it was lard. Yeah. Lard. So what would you say when it comes to estate planning, what's the biggest mistake people make? Like It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. Seriously, it's not going to happen. The inability to accept one's own mortality. It's not going to happen. And then it does. It always does, doesn't it? Nobody gets out alive. No, I don't think so. No, period. I say that with certainty, not just yeah. because of 35 years in funeral yeah, service, maybe. but because I just know. Nobody, they take them back there and they say, I'm no, not quite no, ready yet. No. Yeah, I'm not ready yet. Too bad. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you have been called. Yeah. Um, I think that not the failure to plan, not, not thinking it's ever going to happen. And, you know, you have to start thinking about why did you hold on to this as a teacher of 30 years? I have held on to things I got from students 30 years ago. And I think about that sometimes when I die. They are meaningless to my siblings. I have a brother and a sister. They will throw them out. Mm -hmm. They're meaningless. What do pictures from my high school seniors in 1991 have to do with any of my family? They won't even know them. Those people are 45 years old now, 46 years old. But I can't part with them. I just can't. I can't part with the first note a kid gave me, you know, but eventually it'll go. So I think. It'll all go in the dumpster, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I think what people, the, the advice I could give people is. You know, to put some money aside in in a not in an investment account, just in a safe place. Um, make arrangements with your funeral director. Really sit down with a non-financial commitment is what I call it. Give them all the information so that the only thing your family needs to do is pick a date and a time. 
And then everything is, I have folders in my funeral home of people who came in, we got everything for the obit, everything for the death certificate, burial plots all been taken, everything is done. They didn't pay, but it's there. They picked out their casket, they picked out the vault, all they want, they even sometimes will say, I, here's, I, should I bring the clothes in? Which I used to do that, like, come on, bring clothes. But then now you have a closet full of clothes. You're right. And, and you don't even know who they belong to half the yeah. time. And sometimes people will die and they don't even call you. Well, yeah, how because, do they find out well, family, where it is? You know, like, I mean, if families don't share that information with their, their siblings or their children or whatever, yeah. then it's like, well, this was Mary Smith's dress, and I just noticed in the paper she died, and she's not here. Yeah, you know, so, well, we have her dress. <laughs> we have her dress. <laughs> deliver the dress too late or now. bring us the late. Yeah. But I think that people need to um, sit down and do that kind of planning and to financially put some money aside. I mean, it doesn't have to be $20,000. We're not living in Philadelphia. In Scranton, you can still so get is it. that so those are Philly prices? Oh yes, oh. yeah, absolutely. You, I have had many, many friends, and then if you get into, um, you know, larger cities like Los Angeles or you, I mean, it's a twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollar funeral is not unheard of, and that's not top of the line, you know, like a Michael Jackson casket, I thought, which was a Batesville, I forget what it was. It was a special type of casket, it, not a special design, just a special casket. It was, yeah, it, it's a beautiful casket. It's a gold casket with a velvet, blue velvet interior. It's yeah. dark, midnight blue. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, really. But in Scranton, you can still get a decent funeral for 10. So what do you think that coffin wholesale is for? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the Michael Jackson coffin. What's one of those costs? 50 grand, probably. Okay. This says, yeah, okay. Wasn't there like recently, like a few years ago, uh, a coffin auction? Yes. Didn't, didn't we just? Yeah, I saw yes, it in the there paper. was. There was a coffin auction. We didn't do it. And but... I was pissed <laughs> off because I didn't get it because it was in Scranton and somebody for. Was it funeral? It was a coffin. I don't know. Oh, it was maybe like a job or It was about them. four years old, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah, we used to. And, it, and it was in the Scranton Times, like after it happened. Like, there, yeah, there were selling so caskets. This area had a lot of. Uh, they had. Uh, Casket Shells Incorporated, CSI, was yeah. here. And we had Ining Casket at one time. There were a lot of casket makers yeah. here. My next door neighbor used to make caskets. Yeah, well, they butlers. used to call these butlers, yes. Yeah. So, well, he, yeah, he's, so what they call, they, these are, so they, they call them jobbers. Uh, they buy the shell from a manufacturer, and then they put the interiors in, and they sell them to funeral homes. And they make this unspoken promise they won't sell them to pedestrians just to funeral directors yeah. so um but when they go out of business they're left with a warehouse full of caskets and usually funeral directors want to get their hands on them because sure. when i started in funeral service you used to but the uh, batesville casket company owned by service corporation international um a hill and brand industry uh you'll see their trucks on the road it has a big tree on it and it says drive safely <laughs> I always thought that was kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> they're out in uh, Batesville, Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, but they have a Lansdale is their closest office. But they deliver all around here. I mean, they're international, but they deliver around here. I see them. Um, they used to give you the casket, and then you paid for it when it was sold. So it was kind of like a consignment thing. Mm -hmm. And then anytime anybody in the neighborhood needed that, so like if Blank Funeral Home needed it and they didn't have it, they would just say, we're going to take it out of your funeral home and give it to him and we'll replace it on your floor. You know, but now they make you buy them. And then what you have on your floor is yours. The unfortunate part about that is. Well, they don't really a lot of stuff. style, do they? No, well, but, but you buy things that sometimes you say to yourself, I, I know I can sell this, but then 
you can't. <laughs> we, we've had uh, the estate here of a man who actually built his own casket. Yeah. He was not buried in it. We yeah. had the casket. We tried to sell the casket. It didn't work shelf. out. Yeah. Unfinished bookshelf. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's funny because the they're outside now. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's the so planner. The tent, yeah. Well, it's getting used. That's yeah. all that matters. Um, I think people just have different, you know, cremation has become so popular now that I'm surprised even when I open up the catalogs to see the different types of urns you can buy, like in the shape of, you know, how when guys go fishing and gals, I suppose too, but they catch that fish and then they have it mounted. Oh, you can, in yeah. a fish? Well, not a real fish. But. Okay. Still well, a look, fish. Well, the fishes aren't real anyway. They're yeah, fiber, they're all. They, yeah. Yeah, they're, so you can get an urn that looks just like that. So that's, that's it's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Carrie, Basketballs. Carrie Fisher was buried in a Prozac pill. Oh, my God. We have a few residents in our lower basement. They come here. Oh, and the, and I they live them, here. They live here in the lower basement. We have a squirrel, a chipmunk, cremated. I think oh. a cat and a cat and and, uh, and, and, a, and a grandma that we I try to uh, 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 yeah oh human yeah oh, okay I try to send it back to the they didn't want it I was yeah. like come get it you know we recently just started um we changed our our policy to not now we don't do anything but we put on our contract that we're not responsible for the cremated remains after thirty days because you would be surprised how many people never come back to right. collect them for whatever the reason sometimes they never pay for it so they still owe us so in order they feel i guess to get that and we really wouldn't charge you could recycle say, it <laughs> no you're the name off no I'm um but we we you know my my colleague and i have discussed on numerous occasions uh, about purchasing a grave and just burying them in a mass grave mm -hmm. he you know he actually has an extra grave at the cathedral cemetery just because i feel that they that's where they, they the state regards cremation as the final disposition, whereas burial, so on the burial permit, it says mode of disposition, cremation, burial, donation, like to science or something. Mm. And I forget if there's anything else on there. Well, if you're cremated, they just consider that to be it's the done. end. Yeah. But yet I have a basement full of urns, not fancy urns, just urns from the crematory of ashes that belong to people. And they, well, my father's parts of my father are there because when my father died, before he died, he had his leg amputated. So, oh boy, I when they called me, I was uh, I used to rent in New York City for the summer, and I was living in New York for the summer on Sullivan Street. And uh, they called me and said, "We have your father's leg. What would you like us to do with it?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Well, because um, the Orthodox Catholic." Greek Catholic Orthodox, Russian okay. Orthodox. You need all your parts. Want all your parts. Yeah. And we, although he was uh, Catholic, but not Greek Catholic Orthodox or anything. But they called me and I said, "Well, what would you have normally done with it?" And they said, "Well, we would just dispose of it." And I said, "Well, I said no. I said I have a colleague that'll come and get it." And I said, "I'll have a cremated." And I did, and I have it, and he's still. And then when he died, <laughs> I had him cremated, but I forgot that I had the leg, <laughs> so it never went anywhere. So I found the leg recently. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, geez. but it's just the idea that it's we have a lot of people that just don't come back and claim their ashes. I, I will, I, the my crew knows to look what not to take now. But like the first, I encountered the first time I encountered urn was back when I was working in the flea markets in New York, and I thought I scored this beautiful bronze thing. Yeah, and uh, and they're very heavy. 
Oh, it was beautiful until the sun started coming up, and I, and I, you know, I saw it had somebody's name on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, like, for me, um, I want to be cremated myself. Yeah. Because I don't really, I mean, I just have a sister and a brother, but, and two nephews. But for me, I would um, tell people that I kind of encourage people to, if they have something that they really like. So I bought a couple things here. Yeah. And we have had people look at them, actually, and say, that's really nice. Is that for sale? I'm like, well, it's for sale. If you want it, I'm not even going to sell it. I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. But they'll say, like, the only two things I bought here that would be big enough to to house it, the ashes. Oh, really? Yeah, because you, you get quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, well, yeah we're getting bigger ones in soon, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I ask people if you have something of your own, because I don't think people realize that you could do that, you know. But funeral service, we become well, well, very my, adaptive, very my flexible. My burial needs are known. Yeah. Bustello can. In the basement, next to the squirrel. Yep. Oh, by the squirrel. Yeah, right next to him. Oh, in the Bustello can. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, why do you chose him as a neighbor as opposed to the? Because it's in the basement, right over there. Yeah. No, but but you, the... you could be next to the cat. You could be yeah, next to you grandma. Have well, they're all on the yeah, show. Yeah, they're all. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, but and and I've, I don't know. Hey, whatever. I they're mean... all on a, actually a steam pipe down there. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen lots of unique requests. So yeah. I, nothing shocks me. Either. I remember the first time that I found an urn. I was with you and we were all excited that we started like shaking it to check for stuff. And then Izzy was like, no, 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 go put it on John's desk. Go put it on John's. The whole time I'm walking, I'm like shaking it, like listening for what's in there. Yeah, we was, gave her back. We gave her back. But he, he was, yeah, you if, never if, know. If she, wouldn't, if she didn't take it back, a lot of people put their wedding rings in there. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. See, when we have them, Hence the shaking. When we, well, when <laughs> we put the yeah, but, well, when we put the ashes in in the funeral, we usually seal it mm-hmm. with an, like an epoxy. Yeah, right. Ourselves simply mm-hmm. because now the the, the one, they have like screw on tops. A lot of them. Right, but you use some kind of creosote but, something. Like but some we, use a, we use we yeah. use a, a, a an agent just because you know yeah, something knocks it over. Right. But they, I've never had anybody give me anything to put in it. But I do now that you say that. I would say yes. I think that they're not always sealed though. When we get them, no, 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 because not, I don't think it's the practice of everybody I think the to kids do that. Split them up too. Sometimes, sometimes they do. We sell little tiny necklaces for which are beautiful salt shakers. No, <laughs> is that what's on the table tonight? <laughs> the salt shaker. It would be actually the pepper shaker. Yeah, um, it looks more like pepper. Um, you know, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, um, it's great. Wow. After that conversation, I'm really happy to have you. I'm pretty sure everybody else is. Does anyone have any more final questions or anything for Chris? I think we've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's been a while. <laughs> who, who remembers the stats, Marjorie? See us on Instagram. Come oh. here, visit us on. You we know have that. an app. Get the app before John charges you. Yes, it's I a have shame. I use it. It's a shame that I'm not getting 99 cents an app. That's all I want, but they won't <laughs> let me charge. Oh, really? No, these, oh, because I, they're all I, free. I, I, I'm sure we. Yeah. I'm kidding, kind of. No, a lot of them are. Free. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, just a yeah, hey, ninety-nine cents. You got ninety-nine cents. I will say though, of all the areas that you do this in, this is really a unique area in that I think inside, because having been in many houses as a funeral director, inside these homes are so many artifacts mm-hmm. that people don't even have any idea. Like, what's this worth? And maybe it's not worth a whole lot, but it's just a piece of history that sometimes is overlooked and thrown in the garbage. Yeah. When I go to a house, people are 
they're like, oh, it's nothing but crap. I'm, a, I'm like, this piece of crap is worth 50 bucks and you're going to give it to this, you know, like. Yeah, I don't think Northeastern PA was known for minimalist behavior. No. <laughs> so I think that when you get into a house, you see some really unique things that people have collected over the years. And if you have somebody who's 90 and yeah. they got this when they were 10. Right. That's old. And, and you still have stuff from when you were 10. I have yeah. lots of stuff. Yeah. My favorite thing is, and anybody who listens to this podcast, they, I know I've told this before, but in the attic of every house where like a married couple lived that for like a long time, there's one wedding present that is up there. That it, And it's not always because it's crap. It's just it, the main reason is they did not like the person who gave it to them. So literally it's like unwrapped and sitting there and sometimes it's like and it's brand new sometimes it's a lot of silver most of the times though it's an electric carving knife yeah carving knife <laughs> or a warming tray yeah yeah bread maker yeah yeah a, a, bread, a bread maker a bread maker you know how, that's actually pretty cool yeah, have, do you have one no okay we'll um, sell you the one. average no. bread maker will sell you one and then you could use it once and bring it back like everybody yeah. else does nobody uses no, no. I, how hard just, do you make bread no i make bread all the time no. all you need is a is a, a KitchenAid and two arms. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like it. We are on yes. the Facebook, so like us on there. Follow us on Instagram. Um, our website is LeteriaAuction.com. If you need to Google us for some reason, if you you know can't remember LeteriaAuction.com, you can find us that way. All righty. Thanks for Thanks listening. For coming down. Thanks. Thanks.